There is a way, and that way is forward together. This is the John Peacock Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is John, and today is Wellbeing Wednesday. Joining me, as always, uh, on Wednesday, unless unless it's election week, we threw everyone off last week. Uh, we, we were together on Monday, but but today's Wednesday, and we got Brian Silver with us. What's up, buddy? How we doing? Good to see everybody. Yeah, yeah good to be with you. Hey, I like that it, it even says your name when when and not your wife's name. <laughs> How about that? I remember to change it <laughs> every once in a while. Every once in a while, I think of these little details. Yeah, oh, it's so good. Uh, not great yeah, so, so today, believe it or not, this is episode thirty-five of season two. Unreal. Yeah, we just have one more one more week to go. Uh, Time's a flying. Time is a flying. All in, we will have thirty-nine episodes of season two. Uh, to those of you that are watching this live on Facebook, uh, greetings, hello, hello to you. Uh, it's been awesome to track along with you guys. To those of you that are catching it a little bit later, perhaps on on YouTube, or maybe you're listening to this on the podcast. We're just so glad to journey together in, in, in this way. And it's been such a, a gift to grow together during this time. And what we've been doing for the past, uh, I guess, handful of weeks is talking about spiritual practices on, on Wednesday. And, and um, it's been great. We talked for three weeks on, on the Sabbath. We lit candles. Uh, if you missed it, you got to go back and watch it. Brian would start with a, a prayer uh, not in English. You just got to check it out. It's all, that's all I'm going to say. It was great. And I could uh, almost smell your candle through the computer. Yes. It was the high intensity, the high intensity candle. Yeah. And, um, but we're moving on from Sabbath. We got a couple more to go, a couple more spiritual practices today. We are talking about simplicity, simplicity folks. And, uh, I'm pretty excited, pretty excited to dive in. So Brian, kick us off, man. What do we got when it comes to this spiritual practice of simplicity? Yeah, so I, I thought it might be good to start with a little psychology on this one. Um, you know, that we're going to get into a fair amount of spirituality on it as well. But there's, there's a real psychological component to why things get so complicated. Um, the reality is, is that we are far more effective when we are in a state of simplicity. Yes. And this is, this is why... So many uh, self-help books and blogs are out there suggesting minimalism, right? So let's go room by room and clean yes. things out. Let's let's find better ways to work with our paperwork and um, how do we simplify our schedule? And all, those things are fantastic. They're which, really good. Which have you seen the tiny house uh, documentary? I don't know if you've checked that out. Not the documentary, but I, I do love the tiny house stuff. That's good. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and that there's a whole like movement around, which is certainly as you're saying, it's in that vein of, of simplicity. Yeah, yeah, and so there's a, there's a there's a great deal of important stuff found in those self help strategies and and those those blogs that that we're seeing all over the place uh, that recognize that life has gotten way too complex. Huh. Um, you know, not not just with uh, technology, but going back, you know, to the industrial revolution, we we just kind of kicked it into high gear. And in the name of simplifying our lives, we've complicated it. 
And so, so there's people that are sort of railing against that and saying, let's, let's simplify. Well, there's a real good reason for that because we weren't designed to, to be processing on such a com complicated level. Life was meant to be simpler. And that's why uh, simplicity is a spiritual discipline, a spiritual practice, I think you like to call it, John. Yes. And so, um, but let's start with a little psychology to kind of set the stage here. Uh, there is, so there are a number of cognitive distortions that, um, uh, that are sort of known to be struggles for our brains. And one of them is something called complexity bias. Hmm. So complexity bias is our tendency to take something simple and confuse it by making it more complex. Marketers use this all the time. Do I buy the original? Do I buy the new, the new and improved? Do I buy the no trans fat? Do I buy the one with twice the grease cutting power or four times the grease cutting power? Wait, the four times is only 20 cents more, but four, but that's, but, okay. Yeah, and with, so what? With Doritos, I get this experience. Of course. Like remember back when we were growing up, there was just nacho cheese and Cool Ranch. Right. right. I think that was, yep. I think that was it. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's like, there's like, I mean, you can you buy have the 3D ones, the, yeah. the flavor blasted. You can have a total meltdown in the Dorito aisle at, at Jewel. It's like, I, I, I don't know. You got to call, call a friend. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's, rough. Yeah, it's like a game show. <laughs> it, is, it is. So, so marketers have learned that complex feature rich uh, marketing confuses us. And we actually mistakenly ignore cost and need uh, over features. Huh. So uh, our brains are easily swindled by this. We buy into the lie. So, um, well, this one's four times the, the grease cutting power. Um, it's $1.50 more, whatever it is. We don't think about cost anymore. We're so kind of confused and confuddled by the details um, that, that we get caught up in the features. And so then what we really need or what it really costs us gets lost. Now think about what that means. What, it re what we really need and what it really costs us gets lost. Wow. That's huge. Okay? Because we're confused by complexity and we don't realize how much it costs us. This is not just in purchases. Hmm. This is in values. This is in relationships. This is in decisions. Hmm. Uh, Many different aspects of our life are confuddled and confounded mm. by complexity. Mm. Uh, I remember I, uh, my, my, my family and I went to Disney a couple of years ago. Mm. And, uh, you know, as any of you know who have ever planned to go to Disney or have gone to do, go to Disney, uh, it, it is not cheap. Um, <laughs> And it's, it's this magical place where there's tons and tons and tons of details that go into making the, the experience unbelievable, unforgettable, right? And so we check into the hotel and um, as we're getting ready to go to the park, we walk past the pool. And my kids say, oh, can we go in the pool? Dad, daddy, mommy, can we go in the pool? No, you can't go in the pool. Do you have any idea how much money we spend to take you to this very complex, detail-oriented, magical place? 
no, we're going to the park. Oh, but we really want to go in the pool. <laughs> we learn complexity. My wife and I actually taught our kids complexity in that moment. Because we were, we were trapped in this same marketed message. Really? That, that's, what, that's what was happening is they saw what was simple. You can go to a, you can go to a hotel pool anywhere. To them, that was just as good as Disney World. Hmm. But we indoctrinated them, unfortunately, in that moment. I don't, that's not one of my prouder moments, right? We indoctrinated with them, them with that. And, and the more we are entrenched in the lie of complexity, hmm. the more we lose access to the gift of simplicity. Hmm. That's this good, is man. huge. Yeah. So, so let me, oh, go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just verbally affirming that that's really, really, really good. So, so let's look at a, uh, two different pictures of this in the scriptures. Um, if we go back to the garden, um, humanity has this, this beautiful um, lay of the land. All of their needs are met. Um, Everything is, uh, is beautiful. Um, there's, there's direct connection to God. And the serpent comes into the garden and starts to complicate things. There's this simple premise. God's God. He provides everything that you need. He, he designed you. He, he gave you life. And he breathed life into the Garden of Eden. And and this is what is, this is, this is where your heart resonates. This is where you will be happiest, most fulfilled, all of that stuff. It's real simple. Just, just let God be God. And the serpent comes in and he, he complicates it. He says, wait a second, maybe, maybe, just maybe you could do it better. What, what if, what if you ignore that very simple rule? Let God be God. What if you decide to be your own God? Maybe, maybe it'll be better. And we buy into this lie. And it immediately confuses us. We bite into the, the, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, and it's sort of like trying to stuff the elements of a supercomputer into a calculator from the 70s. It just doesn't compute. And it all starts to fall apart because we were not meant for that level of complexity. That is meant for God alone. In contrast, if you fast forward a little bit, you guys remember the story of David and Goliath, yeah. right? That. Yeah, D David, David uh, says, hey, I'll take on this, this giant. And Saul says, okay, this is crazy, but you take my armor, you know, you, you need some protection, right? He says, you know, let's, let's get you all, all of the details that are going to best protect you so that you die slower. <laughs> exactly. Right? And, and David says, no, 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 too complicated. Too complicated. It's very simple. God said he's going he's gonna to win this. God says he's going to protect me. 
This is God's, this is God's uh, uh, battle to win. So, no, 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 I'm good. I'll just, I'll take my five smooth stones and I'll, I'll head out onto the battlefield. And, and victory is God's. Hmm. And it's not David's, really. Hmm. David chooses to surrender in that moment. He chooses to embrace the simplicity that God says he'll be God. God says he'll protect. God says he'll bring victory. Okay. Well, I don't know what I need armor for then. This is, this is just such a critical frame, especially in this time. There are so many details complicating and confusing our understanding of where our provision comes from, where our safety comes from, um, where, where unity comes from. It's all going to stem from how we surrender to God. And the more that we rail against that, the more that we refuse that simplicity and we complicate it, the, the more complicated it gets, the more convoluted it gets, and the less ground we make. It's, it's interesting. I, I mentioned that, that this is a lie, this complexity thing. In, in Proverbs 30, verses 7 through 9, the writer says this. He says, two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Second thing, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. So, so he says, two things I ask of you. Give me simplicity. Give me contentment in simplicity and keep me from the lies that will rob me of understanding that there's contentment in this simplicity. Fascinating. Like he's not asking for two independent things. Like I'd like a pony and I'd like uh, a power ranger. Right. These, are, these are not like just wish list things. It's, these are related things. This idea of this falsehood and this contentment in simplicity, these are connected because, because we get lost in the lie that com complex is better. And we're sold it all day long, all day long. This is what's really interesting. In, in Matthew 6, and we've talked about this before, um, but it's worth repeating in this context. So um, the Matthew six, it says, you know, don't store up for yourselves treasures where moth and moths and rust destroy. Right. And then you skip down a bit and it says, um, you know, you can't serve God and money. Don't, don't try to serve two masters, but we, we leave out the middle chunk. The middle chunk is harder to understand. So we kind of skip over it, but it talks about the eye being the lamp of the body. And basically what it says, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically what it says is the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is full of light, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is filled with darkness, if the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So think about that from the context of complexity, right? 
if, if our eye is drawn to the complexity that is confounding us, if that's the thing that's lighting our path, mm. and that's a lie, so then the thing that lights our path is darkness. Mm. And if the light within us is darkness, how great is that darkness? Mm. We need to find our way back to the this, to this simplicity. Mm. It's critical. We, we, go ahead, John. You look like you're oh, Dude, I'm just, my mind just races towards, and this is just how, you know how I'm wired up. So I'm just like, like, what is this, what does this look like? Like, what is, what is this practice of simplicity? Give me a like, all right, Thursday afternoon or Friday as you start your day, like paint that picture for me. And what I know it can look like a lot of different things. Yeah. That's kind of where I, I, you know, I'm just like, man, okay. I feel like complexity is being exposed for what it is. Yeah. Simplicity is like, I think hands are in the air. Like, Hey, I'd like, I'd like that. Yeah. What, what does that, what does that look like? Yeah. So what, what that looks like very practically. And so I'll, I'll speak of this on a psychological level and on a spiritual level is it, it, means that we have to really get our head around what our values are hmm. and we have to practice those and we have to filter our decisions through those values. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if we say, um, I value family and you look at your calendar and your calendar doesn't reflect it, then your calendar is way too complicated to allow for, the, the most basic, simple principle that you say you value most. If you say that your relationship with God hmm. is a, a key component, a key value of life, and, and you, um, you never take the time to, to stop, you never take the time to listen, to see what God is saying, then, um, then it's time to start, start creating space for that because we, um, we let busyness, um, we let anxiety and control distract us from our key values. Um, and there's always a thousand more details that have nothing to do with our values that could burn through our day and more and we would never really touch on our values. Mm -hmm. um, so, so we have to find ways to make time. It, it, just to kind of A-B compare this, God says, don't worry, I'll take care of you. We say, what if? <laughs> and then we make complex plans based on those worries. Instead of saying, okay, well, if we believe that, that if God says, do not worry, that we can trust that, what's one practical step that we could take to simplify our complicated game plan and just trust? So, so what am I going to do today? Um, I'm going to, um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take that time to um, have a picnic with my family today, or I'm going to take that time to go for the walk that I really need. Um, because I know that in that simple moment, 
uh, I'm going to encounter those values that are so critical. Um, and, and I'm going to just remove the, the chaos. Mm -hmm. So God says, you're mine and you're valuable. And we say, ah, we need to prove ourselves and we create messy, convoluted strategies to do so. So how, how do we do that? Well, um, we, we have to start taking small steps that suggest, hey, maybe it's okay for us to, in, in the very simple ways, embrace the truth that we're valuable. Well, how, how do we do that? Oh, I'm, I'm not going to try to, uh, I'm not going to try to earn it. I'm not going to try to prove it. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm going to simply, um, oh, I don't know. Uh, I really love playing guitar and I'm going to give myself permission to set 15 minutes aside today to do that. It's a simple thing. It's a simple moment, but that's going to be my way of saying, Hey, if God says I'm that valuable and he's given me these gifts and he's given me these passions, I'm, I'm going to give myself the permission to do that. Mm. I, I want to take you to, um, there's, a. Uh, uh, a, a couple things that I want to I want to talk about here. So, this is this is the the difficulty here is that simplicity is actually harder than complexity, because the simple basic fundamentals of life take the most work. It's hardest to make time for family than it is to say that family is our most important thing and then get lost in the details of all that stuff. Same with faith. Same with um, any other value that we might hold. Um, there's, there's an author, I, I don't know him well, I'm not vouching for him, but this quote is really good. He, he's the author of a, a New York Times best-selling best book called Atomic Habits. Oh, dude, James Clear? That's my guy. Yeah. Okay, you know him. Okay. You, I, you I, don't, I, don't, I don't know him, but I pretend okay. like I know him. I, I don't know his stuff, so I'm not going to vouch, but if, but if you're saying he's good, I trust your word. Stuff is phenomenal. Um, all right. So he says this, he says, most people avoid the fundamentals because they don't have the guts to become great at them. Hmm. When you eliminate everything that is unnecessary, there are no details to hide behind. That's a great thing. That's the perfect way he says that. Yeah. There are no details to hide behind. So good. You're left with just the basics and whether or not you have mastered them. So let's, let's think about this from a scriptural standpoint. Let's, let's bring this full circle. Uh, this past weekend, John, you spoke on Matthew 10, right? Um, Luke 10. I'm sorry, Luke 10. Luke 10. It's only, hey, you were close. It's one of the gospels. You're close. Yeah. So, but, uh, I, you're, you were quizzing me to see if I remembered what I, what I spoke on, which I don't always. <laughs> that's right. That's right. John, how, how many of each animal did Moses bring on the ark? No, I'd say. Um, it, it was Noah. It yeah. was Noah. Yeah, just, 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 yeah, just wondering if you're paying attention. It wasn't Moses, it was Noah. Um, so, so Luke 10, sorry, 25 through 29. Um, and, uh, we're going to take a quick peek at this, um, because uh, it's, it's absolutely worth it. Um, so, um, at any rate, uh, I don't have it pulled up, so I'll just do it from memory. Um, yeah, I mean, come on, you've got the Bible memorized. No, well, I didn't, I don't mean verbatim. <laughs> Dude, I've, I've got, I was just looking on my phone here. I've got a great little, uh, tweet from james clear oh yeah it applies to this i'll, I'll read it right. a little bit yeah let's hear it you want to hear it now sure so i get his email yeah it's, it's it's you know it's just so good anyway he had this in his email he says he calls it be selectively ignorant um 
ignore topics that drain your attention, unfollow people that drain your energy, abandon projects that drain your time. Hmm. So I just, this guy has so many great thoughts on like how to resist the complexity, how to resist the, the lure of more and more and more and more and more and to stay really focused and really disciplined. And he calls it selectively ignorant. I really like that uh, because we, we feel like drawn to like, as you and I've been talking about, but that we, you know, things have to be so complex. We've got to be involved in everything. We've got to have an opinion on every single thing. We've got to follow everyone and be, no, that's actually called complexity. And we weren't built for that kind of complexity. Yeah. Wow, that's a good word. That's, that's from my very good friend, James Clear. <laughs> good, good. Please let him know I appreciated his quote. I will. I will. Um, all right, so my Bible app is frozen, uh, so, but that's okay. So, so Luke 10, basically what's happening here, uh, as you guys might recall, if you heard John's message on Sunday, is uh, this, this teacher of the law basically go, goes to Jesus and, and says, so what, you know, um, what, what must I do? Um, you know, and, and Jesus says, well, you know, what is, what does the scripture say? How, how do you read it? Now, hold on to that phrase. How do you read it? Okay. And he says, well, the scripture says, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Do this and you will live. Um, and Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Oh, he, he, I'm sorry. He says, you've answered this correctly. Do this and you will live. Yeah. And, and then it says that, that the, the teacher of the law um, wanted to justify himself. Yes. You highlighted this in, in your, which I appreciated. He wanted to justify himself. And so he said, and who is my neighbor? Okay. Now, pause for a second. Okay. Think about the basics thing that we just heard from James Clear. How many of us have mastered loving God with all that we are? And loving our neighbor, which Jesus defines as our enemy, as okay, loving our neighbor as ourself. So um, there's a, a a little acronym that um, my uh, my daughter learned uh, in a kids program: Joy, J O Y, Jesus, others, and yourself. Right? Because it does say love your neighbor who as yourself. Right? Yes. There's a there's a suggestion that God wants us to love ourselves too. So so how many of us have mastered those three right. things? The fundamentals, the blocking right. and tackling. Yes. Right. right. No, we, we haven't, right? Oh. So Jesus says, how, how do you read this? Hmm. And, and basically the answer is that he reads the right words. He knows the right answer, but he reads them with his agenda, which he then convolutes and complicates because he's reading it not not to understand the basics, but to justify himself. Mm. Um, are we praying? Are we reading God's word? Are we engaging the problems of the world through our own broken, confused understanding and agenda? If we are, like the teacher of the law, we're overcomplicating the issues and not really surrendering to Jesus and his very simple call Hey, love God, love all those around you, including your enemies. Discover the value that I have in you so that you can love yourself and see yourself as I see you. Oh. If we all did that, 
there would not be near the mess mm -hmm. that we have in our culture right now. Yeah, so true. But how are, how are we reading it? How are we reaching out? How, how are we reading God's word? Are, are, we, are we actually in a surrendered posture saying, God, teach me to master the simple? Because what you said, God, is if I do this, I will live. I will have life. Mm. Very similarly to the way that he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Do this, this very simple thing, hard but simple, and you will have life. Mm. Are we spending so much time complicating that? Dude, I might use some of this for my sermon this coming weekend. Have at it, man. Because it may just hit play. Quote James Clear. <laughs> oh. This, this, is, this is just a critical understanding. If we, if we spend a lifetime on the simple, yeah. God will work out the complex. What does it say in Matthew 6.33? This time I do mean to say Matthew, not Luke. It's Matthew right. 6.33 says, but seek first yeah. his kingdom and his righteousness, and all the rest will be given to you as well. You want to resolve the complexity of your life? Stick to the simple. That's it. Mm. And, and so you need to find some way to anchor yourself to, that, to stepping toward that, as we started to talk about. Mm. Find, find a value, a simple value, that you know you need to be investing yourself in and remove all the complexity of it and give yourself the space to do it. Mm. And I would say very specifically, if we want to resolve the bigger issues of the world that are going on right now, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Do this very simple thing. Mm. Love God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. Do this and you will live. This is more critical than any other component that we can muck it up with. Mm. If, we're, if we're coming to the, to the table with uh, ideas and agendas that are disconnected from that simple truth and are burying that simple truth. What does the scripture say? Um, we, we can, uh, we, we can uh, have the tongues of, uh, yeah. tongues of angels. I'm, I'm forgetting it exactly, but um, basically we can have it all. And if we don't have love, we're just yeah. a clanging symbol. And that's what we kind of sound like to each other right now. Yeah. So let's go back to the basics. Yeah, that's right. Do this, mm. and we will live. I love it, man. Can I close this in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. God, thank you so much for Brian and the ways in which he's using his gifts to, um, to add value to our lives. God, I thank you for this conversation, for the content that they shared today around simplicity. God, I pray that you would help us find our way to life and what is truly life. Um, help us. So we say today, uh, this Wednesday, come Holy Spirit, be our guide. We believe that you want to lead us to um, not more and more complexity with less and less margin and less and less peace and less and less time to be with our loved ones, to exercise the values that we have. No, you want to lead us in a different direction of simplicity. And uh, God, we, we need your help with that. 
We ask this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. That's all we got for Wellbeing Wednesday. And we will see you guys on Friday. Thank you so much for being with us. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. For more content or to access the show notes, visit johnpeacock.com. Until next time, keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping.